0: This is a, uh, this is a once, uh, one-time only coaches in a coffee shop drinking coffee. And if you've lived under a rock for the last 10 years, you would know that Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee is a pretty popular um, pod- uh, show. So here I am with uh, Geronimo Fernandez, right? Yep, and then, yeah. And then uh, Andrew Rouse. So and these guys are Florida coaches, Uh, in the North Orlando area and we're going to be talking about coaching, Florida rowing, goal setting for 2020, but first we're going to uh, introduce the guys and see who they are. So Andrew, you're first. Tell us a little bit about you, as a, as a rower and as a coach here in uh, Lake Brantley. Alright, so I started rowing freshman
1: year of high school. Tried out soccer, tried out swimming. Wasn't the best athlete. And I'm like, you know what? Let me try rowing out. And ended up picking it up pretty quick and, yeah. and decided to go row in college. Uh, Where'd you row? Stetson. Went to Stetson.
2: At, uh, that's for Andrew Rouse. Yeah. So, you got know my coffee <laughs> now. I tell
1: you
0: It's all part of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Right? It's all part of the show. They, screwed, they screwed up the coffee, of course. That's how it works.
1: So, I wrote at Stetson, and at the end of my freshman year, there was only two men left on the team. Did you know that? No, I don't saw right <laughs> So, the Stetson men's team was on the brink of being cut, basically, and there was nobody left. So it ended up just, my sophomore year was me and my one teammate rowing in a pair. It was terrible. Terrible. All the way through. <laughs> terrible. Rowed it at the, our state championship, Rode it at the Sierra Regional, and all the way up to the Dadvale. What did you do at the Vale? What'd you get? Oh, not good. We, <laughs> we want to talk this, about this, that. This was, I guess, the, the year after us, they decided, let's try a time trial system for the pair. Yes. Because, look, the five fastest pairs were in the same heat, and we were the fifth fastest pair. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, that's just how <laughs> it yeah. works, man. Yeah. That's how it works. But, they, over the next couple of years, the team started to see a uh, comeback. Well, and they're good now. Yeah, I mean, now, we, by the end of my senior year, we were racing to Mercedes 8 doing what we needed to do. Wow, perfect. Getting our asses kicked, but... Doesn't matter. You know, we set we set the baseline
0: and qualified a four to the grand final, the dad bail, and that was my end of my senior year. That's impressive. So then, after that, I know that you did some racing and competing um, on, on a national level. I mean, you I know Riley Damper was your coach, right, at OKC. Yeah, I rode,
1: I rode for Riley at, when she was at Potomac yep. for a summer, rode for her out of Oklahoma City, trying to basically compete for the U23 lightweight spot and unfortunately came up short handed twice uh, twice and, and this is 2017
0: 18, 18 17 okay 16 17 all right so then now just to fast forward you're now coaching you're the head men's coach of Lake Brantley rowing head men's coach program director boathouse director of Lake Brantley rowing. so is a it's a common theme in 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 high school rowing that you're the you wear eight different hats. So you're managing the facilities, right? You're managing the parents. The parents, the you're whole thing. Doing day. the regattas, you're managing towing the trailer. Doing and you're the getting part. paid 30 cents an hour, basically. <laughs> exactly, exactly.
1: Do you have uh, sugar? Sugar? Yeah, what kind of sugar do you have a preference on like brown, brown? brown sugar. Brown
2: sugar.
0: Brown brown sugar please. Well so 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 that's so so now Andrew Rouse is the head coach and the, the, the program everything at Lake Brantley the, and across the job description is just paid. It just on. keeps going. Yeah, it just
1: keeps growing. So it, stop I it's new there's something new on it every day. <laughs>
2: so across the river is Geronimo. It's us, yeah. Um uh, I rode uh, four years in high school. I did a year at JU. It was uh, not what I thought running in college would have been. I went from a, smaller high school, from a bigger high school to a smaller college, and that was uh, another transition that I thought I wanted. And uh, I learned that on the go when I was there. So that was that. Started coaching right away, was a junior coach at uh, MRC. And, uh, uh, so, four? MRC. Yeah, Miami Rowan Miami Club. Co- Miami Rowan Club. Club. Yeah, uh, I don't think people would know yeah, what MRC <laughs> means. Yeah, <laughs> I guess uh, that's the problem with rowing out of Florida. You think anybody knows MRC? Yeah, uh, nobody knows. No, knows. I didn't, I didn't know, know anything yeah. about
1: Florida. No, I didn't know anything about Lake Brantley. <laughs> I didn't even know what North Orlando was. <laughs> what is this team you speak of, you know? <laughs> yeah, like,
2: um, I guess I've been coaching now longer than I've been rowing because... Uh, I started coaching back in 2011. Yeah, t- all right, 2010, yeah. 2011. So uh, I know I always said that I wanted to be a head coach, and uh, but I wanted to take my job seriously, which I figured like a lot of people here in Orlando do not. Uh, I had a lot of team friends that were head coaches, and they're just doing it to do it, and for me I had like a greater purpose. So you know I figured that I needed to work with people that could teach me some stuff and. Uh, but yeah, now I'm my thirty year in North Orlando, we're trying to make things happen and uh, they're just they're just taking their time, but we're there, we're working. So with North Orlando though I think I know three programs
0: that have Orlando in their damn name. Right, right. <laughs> right. So at least three. Yeah, so at least three. So you are a club program, Correct. not a scholastic. Not a scholastic, yes. So you're specifically racing. Regional championships, 2,000-meter races. Yeah, correct. But the difference then, on Andrew, you're racing 1,500s, right? Right, so... Mm-hmm. And we
1: share the same list. Lake? Mm-hmm. lake Brantley is a Scholastic team. Yep. And I guess Florida rowing started with only Scholastic teams. And all the races in Florida are 1,500 meters. Set up to kind of mirror the uh, Scholastic format they have in... like the G- Northeast, really. Jersey right? and yeah. Philly mm-hmm, or yeah. wherever.
0: Virginia. So, you know, I've been... I've been around rowing now for a very long time but I've never been around Florida rowing for as much as I have the last seven days um, it's good it's not great ups and downs um, I want to talk a little bit about your experience in Florida rowing like what you love about it what you hate about it um, what can be approved on right because like you, you've you been Andrew you've been you've seen rowing all around right you've been to DC you've been to OKC Geronimo you've been to Miami, so you've been in <laughs> yeah. yeah. other areas of, yeah, of yeah, Florida. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, tell me, like, what do you hate about Florida Rally, Andrew?
1: Well, I mean, I think that it's kind of a, it's trying, teams are trying to find what their identity is. It, it, you go to the Northeast, you go to the Stokesbury Cup, every team's striving to put out the fastest varsity eight they can.
0: That's true.
1: And in the state of Florida, that's not really happening. There's 50 teams that go to the state championship, and only seven or eight will vote a varsity eight. Wow. And so, what is where are you, Where are these teams supposed to put your athletes into? What boats do you put them into? And is that a discussion mm-hmm. among you coaches, like often? I, I think that the coaches are all trying to figure out wait, because they see they see themselves as uh, inferior clubs to. Like Sarasota or something. Everybody's scared of Sarasota for some no, reason. I'm scared
2: of Sarasota for whatever. some reason. For some <laughs> reason. I want to put that on the record. You know, I said that. Well, might not be. But
1: coaches like him are trying to find ways to get medals at the state championship, and everybody knows that that
2: you're going to have the medal in of the Varsity eights. not an easy. Ultimately, ultimately, we are, you know, we're we're fighting for the crown. Also, just because the structure at which we're rowing at the state championship, which is on their FSRA, is. It's tailored to benefit the big teams, and uh, and that's okay, you know, because at the end of the day, like, the rules have gotten that way because the people that are involved have been able, ha- have actually taken the time to make sure that the rules, you know, benefit them. And um,
1: I, I think back in 2011 or so, they the, the Scola- Florida Scholastic Rowing split the championship up into two weekends. So they right. had a scoring weekend and a sweep weekend. And then they added all the events that are available at the SRA National Championship. So they have all the junior events, all the lightweight events, all the things Do you think that events. benefited Florida Rowing? Have it separated? I personally I personally do not think it benefited Florida rowing, rowing. And that's when we started to see events and races get less
0: competitive. Specifically because coaches are finding what's best for their athletes to compete and win in versus just choosing... The one or two boats that—that's the fastest, well, it's,
2: right? It's—it's—it's. It's, you can put your first four athletes on the quad, and then two weeks later, you can have the same four athletes with the next best four athletes on your eight. Which—which
1: which doesn't make sense from a scholastic standpoint when you're qualifying for the scholastic national championship. You can have your same athletes qualifying both the quad and the eight, but when they go to the SRAs, they—they they can't race both events. They yeah, race one. so it's. It just makes everything harder and yep. coaches are trying to I guess what you call pot hunt and see where can I get the easiest moves. And they all know the varsity eight's pretty tough, so that's why you'll see forty two out of the fifty clubs go into the junior four, the junior eight, the freshman four, whatever.
0: That's a that's a I mean that's a hot topic I think anywhere in the country. Yeah. Right? I mean I, I see coaches always choosing where do they put their bet best athletes. There's a team Egg Harbor Township back in 2009, <laughs> 2010 and 11, they had two smoking fast fours, a lightweight and a heavyweight. They won Stotesbury going away in both events. both events. Why didn't they make an eight? Because St. Joe's Prep was gonna win the Stotesbury, mm-hmm. right. So they just knew that they couldn't compete right. Right. and they were nervous, so they just put themselves in a, yeah, they a two fast fours, yeah. right? I think a lot of coaches are also pressured from
1: their parents to yeah. wanting to get medals. They all they they every parent wants to see their kid with a big smile on their face with a medal. And this idea where we have to get a medal in every race is causing them not to put their top athletes into
2: the top historically top events. Like do, How do you NBA. feel about that? I just think it's hard to compete with death. You know, I sat I sat with some people having ruined for longer than I've been alive, you know, and you know, it's like, yeah, so like what 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 are your thoughts, opinions on how I can make a competitive eight? And their question their answer to me was like there's not enough depth for you to get that. So then you kind of it's you know, you're sitting on a spot where like you wanna race an eight, but ultimately you're not you don't have the depth to be able to train your boat to perform at that level. So then you're between between a rock and a hard place and say, well do I want to go to race the varsity A and be DFL or do I want to, you know, You can curse on this podcast. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, this <laughs> is some, some pretty fucking good coffee, I can say that. Uh, no, but, you know, and, and that's the thing. So, like, you're, you're in between a rock and a hard place because either you're justifying your ego as in I'm racing the varsity A or you're trying to Build your program based on results that could ultimately lead to death in your team because you're a team that's known as a team of winning. <coughs> so it's 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 a hard it's it's, it's two theories to how do you go about it. You know
0: I, look, this topic erupts emotion in a lot of people, right? Yeah. Like I can see you, and you're Like <laughs> <Yeah>. no, <laughs> you're wrong. Yeah. You build an egg, you race the egg.
1: And that's <laughs> it. I think putting your, your thought my philosophy, at least, is. How do, to judge the program's growth and from year to year, I think that you need to see how the you put your top eight athletes into that eight and see how much closer can I get to these other
0: teams year after year and
1: push from the bottom up, then how fast is my two be getting the next and year. And do you think that's the
0: three be getting? So then I, so the train of thought I think that a lot of people have is that if you win a medal, you can promote that to grow your team. Right? So that's the way some people think, right? Some people think that if I win the JV Light 4, which is like the slowest damn race yeah, you yeah. can enter. The, the women's, women's freshman, th- novice,
1: lightweight, cox there pair. There it is. Go. Like yeah. That's it. If
0: you win that, <laughs> you're going to get five more athletes coming right, in because right, right, you won a right. state championship. However, I was told since 1999 that if you win the men's 8 or yeah, the women's yeah. 8, you're the best in the country. Right and, right, and then when you can say you're the best in the country, you get more athletes. Absolutely. Right? But you gotta like know that you have get to getting, win it first. Yep. Yeah, you're gonna get your teeth kicked in. Right, right. Every single race. So there's the catch twenty two. If you keep losing, do you lose athletes? Right. Right. It's a struggle, and I and I, and, and I I could see how Florida programs um, struggle with it more than others because, as you pointed out, the identity. Florida rowing is not as old as, say, Philadelphia Boathouse Row or Boston. So you got teams up there that have been around for a hundred years, sixty years, versus Florida teams that are ten years, twenty yeah. years. So lack of tradition. A lack of tradition. Yeah. Awesome topic. I got I got one more uh, because it kind of we kind of just moved away from like what we liked <laughs> and didn't like about Riley. It was like you know what, let's just talk about how you determine who's fast or not. Uh, okay, so you guys are very young in your coaching career, uh, Andrew. You're twenty three. 24. Geronimo? 28. 28. So, as 24 and 28-year-old, you guys are running a program of 40, 50 kids. You're in charge of parents. You're in charge of all this stuff. What? Where do you see your coaching career? What do you want to accomplish? Do you want to be the next Steve Gladstone? Do you want to be the next Mike Tatey? Or do you want to go a different route? Have you thought about that? Andrew, I'd like you to answer that.
1: I mean... I, when I graduated Stetson, I made the decision that I want to try and make this a career. I, want to, I wanted to give back to the sport and share the same love and passion that I had with, for it with everybody else. Because rowing clearly changed my life, yep. and I want to see how far this can take me. And decided I'm not going to go pursue the career that my degree says I should be. And what was your degree? Uh, public administration
0: and environmental science And this does this look like nope. viral. no it's not <laughs> the opposite it's, it's not so that's so then that is like your answer is a career this is what you want right, to do for yeah. the rest of your life right. I love it now you don't see a lot of 24 year olds that can say that That they, they say they know what their career is going to be you don't know where in the sport of rowing yeah you're still figuring
1: that no, out I'm, again I'm still young, figuring it out but I know that this is a
0: career that I want to pursue and that this is the field that I want to work in. I love it. Geronimo, how about you? I can see you thinking. Like, I, because,
2: you know... You're staring at
0: the table. I don't know what's going through your no, mind. No,
2: I'm, I'm <laughs> just thinking because I, I went through a lot of, like, personal growth. Uh, you know, when I became head coach here, like I said, I always told myself that I want to be head coach. I That was, could have been applied anywhere. Um, but then there's a lot of aspects... Of being a head coach that really take away from the passion of being a coach. Uh, once uh, you have to start to deal with the politics, once you have to deal with administration, you have to deal with angry parents. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought multiple times like, "crap, I want to go back home and just be an assistant coach of a good program and, and just, just make it easy, right? Make it easy, and then just make this." Like a part-time job, too, you yeah. know? Rather than, like an a, rather than a full-time, part-time job where like you need to be available for anybody that has a question at any time. Well, we go
0: back to making 30 cents an hour. Exactly. And you're working 60 hours <laughs> exactly. a week for these dang kids. Yeah, exactly. And you make no money, right? And
2: and that's the thing, you know? So, like, it doesn't justify. That's why I, you know, being here it has allowed me to kind of wait out the options. And now, you know, I'm at the point where, like, how can I make... Not my resume, but how can I make a bigger impact, which would then hopefully lead to me really considering if I want to pursue this full time or not? I, I I thought about it, but now that I'm here, I'm also not 100% sure about how to pursue a career in ruin, If that being coaching, that being
0: so, I you know, I'm gonna end with this, and, and 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 this is fascinating. You know, you you have thank you. You have a guy, Andrew to my right, who wants a career in rowing and he knows it but you don't know the direction you want to take yet you are unsure but you also there's not enough education to show you the direction you should be taking or a path that you could be taking right right? right. so US rowing I'm putting you on the spot US rowing right? that we should have something in place that shows a coach who's 24 or 28 or a 17 year old kid that wants to do this profession give them the path they need to take and show them the angle they need to go to make it a career. Because there's no education or a path that you know where to go, what to do. and, And you just think as a high school crew coach, you could never coach a college team because you only have 10 years of coaching experience at high school. And why would any college hire you with no experience? I am going to make it a point that as I talk to more coaches at the collegiate level and talk to more high school coaches that we build a path that shows how young coaches can go and the path they need to take to make this a career. Because you can't just make 30 cents an hour. Right. You know, you you make you need to make a living to support a family, children, and so on and so forth. So listen, guys, um, I know it's loud. You probably heard half of what we were talking about. I don't care. This is the first coaches at a coffee shop getting coffee. I hope you enjoy. Thank you.